Snap is high, the kick is up, and it is good! What a win for the 49ers! Welcome to the American Football Show, where we actually turn up to work when we're all sick, unlike Le'Veon Bell. So the question we're going to propose to all of you right now, it's a bit of a thinker. Hope you've all had time to think of this. What was your favourite game of the 2010 decade? Um, okay, I'll jump in first on this one. Um, so the first one that came to mind, well, two games in particular came to mind for me. One was the, um, the mile-high miracle game for the Ravens when we had that when Flacco got that big touchdown to Jacoby. Um, but a more recent one, and I'm sure I'm sure Helen will laugh. She she'll be turning it out listening to this. But I had a I had a bit of I'm not advocating betting, but I had some money in. I had a stake in this game. The Vikings won the Minnesota Miracle game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that 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 game shaved some some years off my life through stress. I think. <laughs> Yeah, you were talking to me at the end of, uh, when when you were watching that game, and you were like, "Do I cash out?" <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the the few games I think that like I can just as soon as I think about it, I've been so invested in, even though they like they're not necessarily my team. I was like, I was sat on the edge of my seat for like the last like quarter of that game. It was yeah, it was a good exciting game. If you've not seen that one, look it up if you can find it and watch it. It's worth a watch. Very exciting last like ten minutes. I mean, to, to go off the end of that, because the Vikings ended up going to the the championship and then we ended up beating them, my top decade game is quite obviously Super Bowl 52 because that was just the greatest day of my life. It was, it was sad. It was oh, sad. Craig, does, Craig was there for how, how yeah. inhumane. Yeah, it was the greatest day of your life. It probably wasn't great for like the seven pint glasses you broke banging on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, a close second behind that though was, I think it's the 2014 Packers Cowboys playoff game. I think it was 2014, the one where Aaron Rodgers, like Cowboys went ahead, like one minute to go. Aaron Rodgers shows them who's daddy and just absolutely decimates them with play by throwing the same play twice. To, I think it's Devonte Adams and getting the touchdown on the second play and taking the Cowboys out, which was very fun for me to watch. I'll tell you what, I know we've not covered it yet in the review, but that 49ers Saints game on the weekend, that was that was a very good game. Tim, Joe, your favourite game of the decade? Well, mine, since the Raiders haven't made, well, you made the playoffs once in the last decade, was the game against the Broncos back in 2010, which just about squeaked into the decade, where we put 59 points of them, most points in Raiders history, and Darren McFadden looked like a god that day. He ran for he had four touchdowns, ran for 165 yards, and we absolutely destroyed them. That's my favourite game of the decade. So, with mine, I mean, I could go for the obvious and go for Super Bowl 51 with the 28-3 and the comeback, but it actually isn't that game. Is it one of the other five Super Bowls? No, it's not, <laughs> it's not a Patriots game. Uh, my favourite game of the, of the last decade was, I believe, the 2014... Uh, NFC Championship which was the Packers and Seahawks game when the Packers went I must I can't I can't remember exact scores it must be like 16 nil up sorry 16 nothing up at half time and the Packers were storming the Seahawks did not turn up and it was at, uh, in Seattle as well Seahawks came back and they had a couple of 
amazing plays. Like there was a fake field goal touchdown. Uh, they had hit a two-pointer. And I think on that two-pointer, Russell Wilson had to scramble his absolute nut off. He sort of ran into the towards the sideline and on the back foot, chucks the ball in the air, caught by one of the receivers, goes to overtime and Seattle come and go and win it in overtime. And it was just something else. And of course, it led to the Super Bowl that that, that we won. But for me, as being a neutral in that situation, plus I think a load of me and my mates were around one of our friend's house who's a Packers fan. And he was absolutely devastated. And the other six of us were loving it because he was just so, so down in the dumps. And we just all became Seattle fans <laughs> for for the, for the last three hours of that. No, but that was my, my favourite game of the decade. I'd like to give two shout-outs here. One for you, Joe, the Miami Miracle, which is, I think, the only NFL game where the multi-reverse lateral has worked. Yeah. And yeah. then also the Miracle of the Meadowlands in 2010 where Deshaun Jackson won the game for us. I want to point out as well, with the Miami Miracle, putting Gronk on defense backfired quite a bit. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, when you expect the Hail Mary, <laughs> and then that happens. <laughs> God, well, that they, was... do that. they do without Julio Jones. They put him as safety in for Hail Marys. I love that. Nothing better than a player that can play both sides of the ball. But yeah, good stuff. On to the week in review. I think I'll start off there because I had the Thursday game, which was a lovely one for me to watch, as the Cowboys faced the Bears in Soldier Field, and the Cowboys scored 24 against the Bears, who won with 31. Um, This game started off by the Cowboys going up by seven on a nice strong drive. Uh, Then the Bears threw an interception in the the red zone, which the Cowboys looked really good. And then Trubisky proceeded to throw for three touchdowns and ran for another one uh, without the Cowboys scoring at all. Uh, it was a really strong start for the Cowboys, but if you look at the season as well, strong start for them in the season. But their coaching, their scheming, and their just general playing has come back down to earth. Uh, Dak had a 55% completion rate in this, which isn't very good when you've got Cooper and Gallup and um, the other Cobb as well. Uh, the Bears' average starting play was on the 40-yard line, which is obviously due to a bit of Corderell Parson. He's one of the better returners in the game. Uh, and the Cowboys are on the 21-yard line, I think. So just shows you from a almost a Bill Belichickian kind of point of view, they were already winning just by where they were starting. Um, and a lot of missed tackles, bad special teams play by the Cowboys just is going to cost them. Credit to the Bears for playing in a... I mean, Jerry World's not, a hard, not the easiest place to play, and it's pretty intimidating. And but the Cowboys start helping themselves uh, really with with throughout their entire team. Uh, but they, regardless, both of them are still in the. I mean, Cowboys are currently in the playoffs, uh, and the Bears are in the in the hunt. But my MVP for that game is going to be Mitch Trubisky because his twenty summit yard run into the end zone. He literally he juked someone pretty badly, and that was very enjoyable for me to watch. But yeah, it was a good game. Uh, Joe, what's your other game? So I'm going to start off with one of the shocks, actually, of the weekend. Uh, the Broncos going to Houston and winning 38 to the Texans, 24. Uh, it, when it comes to the Texans, everyone talks about their offense, and it has been impressive this year. Deshaun Watson's been fabulous. He's an MVP candidate. But their defense has let them down time and time again. And I know J.J. Watt being out doesn't help, but their defense let them down massively in this game. Uh, the Broncos actually took a 21 to nothing lead. 
Drew Locke uh, was at the head of this playing at quarterback. The rookie had a really, really good game. He threw for 309 yards, got three touchdowns and one into Well, he threw one interception, but three touchdowns outweigh that. He was throwing a lot to Noah Fant, who had a good game, 113 yards and one touchdowns. Uh, the Texans, they only really sort of got going in the second half. They they actually played pretty well and outdid the Broncos, but the game was more than finished. Uh, yet again, DeAndre Hopkins had a good game. Uh, he had 120 yards and one touchdown. But apart from the Broncos going out in the lead and the Texans coming back a bit, not much, well, not too much happened after that. My MVP uh, has to be Drew Locke, rookie looking pretty, pretty good. Good stuff. You like to have did you well enough for this is the the season of backup quarterbacks I think Tim your game I'm going to go first of all with the uh, Chargers at the Jags the Chargers won 45-10 uh, for me the Jags are the currently the worst team in the NFL uh, it's a fifth straight loss Doug Brown Doug Marone's a dead coach walking Phil Rivers again proved his career isn't done. He threw for 314 yards and three touchdowns, including the longest touchdown of his career, an 84-yarder to Austin Eckler. Um, and after that, it's well worth looking at the video of him uh, chatting with the ref and chatting <laughs> with um, Gokwe, I think it was. Uh, some quite good chat there. The Chargers themselves, they were on a three-game losing streak. Um, the Jags have got to be the most disappointing team this season when you look at the talent they've got on the roster, how many high draft picks, how many big money free agents. Um, I had a quick look, according to overthecap.com, we deal with uh, the, the cap. Jags have got the third least amount of cap space run space next year. Um, Nick Spoles' contract, not Nick Knowles, his contract's a huge part of that. Um, Jim himself was over for half time. Chargers led 24 3, and they scored on four of their five possessions. Minshew was ordinary, not magic. 24 37, 163 yards and a touchdown. But MVP for me, it was Austin Eckler. 101 yards rushing, 112 yards receiving. So Chargers now 5 and 8, and Jags go down to 4 and 9. Okay, Craig? Yeah, so I'm going to start with Panthers at Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan led the Falcons to a 40-20 to win in Atlanta. Um, he threw 20 for 34, 313 yards and two touchdowns, including a career-long 91-yard touchdown pass to Lamade Zacchaeus. I think I've said that right. I wouldn't want to try and say that three or four times quite quickly. Um, Kyle Allen, two interceptions. Not the best game for him on the night. Um, Seema had a Standard 22 touches, 135 yards, but no touchdowns for them. Um, Falcons have intercepted Allen more times than they've, intercepted, than they've had interceptions all season. So they certainly seem to like playing against them. Um, the Falcons go to 4-9, and nine, continue to look better week to week, even though it's a little bit too late in the season for them now. They're obviously well out of the running. Uh, the Panthers still continue to look like the regression. Um, you've got to wonder if it's got something to do with the distractions after the head coach um, being sacked. It's not looking good for the Panthers at the moment. It's not looking good for the Panthers. CMC's MVP kind of campaign's gone down the drain. Yeah, Alan threw two, like I said, two interceptions on the day. It's, it's, well, it wasn't a great performance by him. Okay. Next game on to me. 
I have the Colts at the Buccaneers. Colts 35 at Bucks, who scored 38. Uh, Jameis Winston is literally all of us that play Madden. Uh, he threw for 456 yards, four touchdowns and three ints and won the game, which is just very odd to look at, uh, with 17 unanswered points in the last quarter, last half, sorry, uh, to put the Bucks ahead. Darius Leonard on the Colts, their, their defensive rookie of the year, uh, got two interceptions, including his first pick six. And Mike Evans is done for the season, which is not terrible because they won't make the playoffs anyway, but bad for him. He's top five receiver in the league. Uh, for two teams who are out of the playoff race, essentially, it's good to see both teams proper scrapping it out and getting their rookies on the field, getting players that maybe won't see time normally just to get them experience and get them ready for maybe next season. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's, again, pr- proving reliable, but he's not hes not a difference maker. He's just a very good game manager, in my opinion. Uh, and the, the books just amass really big yards. Like every game, you typically see him getting a lot of yards. And their defense just have to try and keep up by not letting the other offense also do it because Jimmy Swinson will throw it to them. Um, I think the big question is, do the Bucks keep Jimmy going into next year or do they draft, uh, draft a new quarterback? I think that'll be a big off-season discussion. Uh, and my MVP for that game is Darius Leonard. Just on Winston, I think I'm pretty sure is that he might be the first player to throw for over 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season. No one's ever done that before. No one's thrown for 30 touchdowns and 30 ints in a season. That'd be pretty impressive. The 30-30 club. Go on, Joe, your turn. Yeah, so I am going to go for the Steelers going to the Cardinals and winning 23-17. I say the Steelers going to the Cardinals, but if you watched this game and heard it, it was pretty much a Steelers home game. There were so many fans, so much black and yellow in that crowd. Uh, Highlights of this game, uh, Deontay Johnson had a pretty incredible 85-yard punt return touchdown. I don't know if you boys have seen that. Sort of goes across the pitch, running around and then straight into the end zone. Big problem with the Cardinals uh, is their O-line is pretty awful and it's making it really hard for Kyler Murray. He was sacked five times. Uh, he threw three interceptions, a couple of them just from trying to get the ball out just to avoid getting sacked. And it's something they've got to improve on for next year because Kyler Murray is a cracking quarterback. We all know that, but you're just not getting his full potential out at the moment when he's sitting behind those guys. We've sort of seen that Duck Hodges is definitely better than Mason Rudolph. He gives them a much better chance to win. He's not incredibly better. He's obviously he's not Big Ben, but he gives them a bit more of a chance and takes a bit of strain off the defence. They're not as defence heavy as they are under Rudolph. And talking about their defence, is just so impressive. Uh, TJ Watt is cementing himself as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. He got an interception in this game and uh, Joe Hayden also got two interceptions. The Steelers, a bit of a weird odd moment in the game, actually. The Steelers decided to call a fake punt on their own 30-yard line, went 10 points up in the third quarter, and it, it ended up being fumbled, and the Cardinals took over on the 30-yard line. It was a bit of an odd decision there. Don't know, don't know who chose to do that. And the game ended uh, with the Cardinals trying to throw on a fourth and long and Murray getting his third interception uh, my MVP for that one is Deontay Johnson of course he had his amazing punt return touchdown he had a good little reverse run that he that he made 
and he also received a touchdown as well from a Duck Hodges throw. It sounds like with your illness, you're saying Duck Hodges. Uh, I am. You are saying Duck. Is that his name? <laughs> it's his nickname, Duck. Why is he called Duck? Uh, is it because he's, I think it was because he's a duck hunter. He's a championship duck caller. Yeah, there you go. Really? Yeah. Does that not mean he just makes duck noises? Yeah, quite quick. <laughs> That's the cold <laughs> getting involved. I'm saying quack quack. I think he's quackers. Oh, so that is no, 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 let's move on. Quack quack. <laughs> I'm just goosing you, um, Tim. <laughs> right, I'm doing Bengals Browns. Bengals 19 at the Browns 27. Uh, Browns are another team. No, not so much talent, but not get the performances together. Seemed that every time I switched this game on ends on red zone, Baker Mayfield have thrown another interception. Um, in reality, he only threw two interceptions. One of them was overturned on a PI challenge. Nick Chubb led the rushing attack for the Browns, 106 yards. Mayfield and Kareem Hunt had rushing touchdowns. Um, OBJ again has dominated the news stories though uh, apparently he's unhappy and he wants to leave um, he obviously denies it but seems like he's the only one that knows what's going on um, he only had two catches for 39 yards I'm not entirely sure what would make him happy to be honest with you he's been on two teams now just I don't know I don't know what would make him happy Um Browns didn't look much better than the 1-12 Bengals. Um, Joe Mixon actually is my MVP, 146 yards and touchdown. Browns are now 6-7. and seven. They're technically still in the playoffs, and the Bengals still 1-12. Yeah, OBJ is having a worse season of his career, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But the, I think the thing with the Browns, I've, I've noticed this season from what I have seen of them is penalties. They give up so many penalties. That, 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 that can't be helping their offense or even even the defense, but just in general, like they, they give up so many penalties that that penalty yardage is just it's it's going to kill you in the long run. Yeah. Okay, um, Craig, what was your next game? Yeah, so my next game was Redskins at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers taking the win at Lambeau Field, twenty to fifteen, against what looks like, to be honest, an improving Redskins defense, which was all right to begin with, even though the record doesn't show it. Um, Aaron Jones, much to my dismay, as I benched him after a couple of bad weeks, he came and uh, he's back in business. Uh, he had a, quite a big night: twenty-two touches, hundred and ninety-two yards, and a touchdown. Um, Aaron Rodgers 18 for 28 195 yards and a touchdown Rodgers just doesn't look quite himself um, that's you know he's had quite a few games now where he's kept been kept under 200 yards and he's only had a touchdown or no touchdown so I don't know what's going on there it looks like he's Green Bay leaving a lot of points on the field and um, Rodgers he was sacked four times he's definitely getting hit too much um, speaking of that though Haskins um he he was also sacked four times, and like at the minute his sack rate, he's he's, he's getting sacked at a record rate. Is is it's a mix of him just standing in the pocket too long, and it's a mix of just I don't think it's his old line not protecting him. He's been sacked a total of twenty two times in five starts. Like that's 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 a lot of hits. You know you're not gonna it's not gonna do well for the longevity of his career and for him to stay healthy. Um, if he was to last the full season, he's getting hit that often. 
Um, and that's not even including pressures. So there's definitely something going on there and there's an issue and there's something that needs to be addressed for them. Um, the Packers, they've got an impressive record, but they're just, they're just not looking all that impressive. They, like I said, they're leaving a lot of points on the field and there's a lot of teams that you would expect them to blow out and then the... They don't. I mean, they still manage to get the win, which is what's important at the end of the day. But um, yeah, there's definitely something, something not quite right there. My MVP in that game, Aaron Jones. Like I said, he's after a couple of quiet weeks from him, he's, he's definitely come back to the Aaron Jones of the early season. Okay, on to the trash bowl that is the NFC East. I have the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Giants scored 17 at the Eagles who finally won a game and scored 23 which does put the Giants onto their longest longest NFL history lose streak I believe nine in a row um, but it was actually it was a close like scrappy game again Philadelphia New York a lot of rain a lot of threes and outs uh, Giants had the lead at 17-3 going into the half uh, after the, the Eagles very tepid offence did not change um, it's worth noting that a lot of momentum was lost on a Greg Ward touchdown that was called back on a holding penalty on Brandon Brooks when there just clearly wasn't any holding, which is very annoying. Uh, but hey-ho, uh, Darius Slayton, the Giants rookie, uh, basically won the Giants the first half. Uh, five catches, 154 yards and two touchdowns is an absurd stat line. Uh, but he was kept quiet in the second half. Uh, Eli Manning starting what could be his last career game ever. Um, finally brings himself under the 500 record. Throws for 203 yards and two touchdowns in the loss. Um, great! It was great to see Peyton Manning and his whole family watching the game, though. I do, I do have a soft spot for Peyton. Uh, Antoine, I can't pronounce his name. Antoine Bethea uh, for the Giants. Really, really, he's, he's quite old. He's getting getting on. He was a really strong defensive piece in this, racking up 10 tackles. And whenever there was a big play, you'd hear like Bethea broke up that pass or Bethea made that tackle. So he was really showing his face around. Uh, Boston Scott, which is a running back you've probably not heard of for the Eagles, uh, channeled his inner Dan and Sproles. Uh, and Zach Ertz again became kind of Wentz's safety blanket. Uh, Wentz threw for 325 yards and two touchdowns. Um, a big thing worth noting at the end of this game was we had one active receiver who was Greg Ward, who we signed for the practice squad two weeks ago. Uh, and 40-year-old Josh McCown was, like said, he was had to, he was going to step up as the next receiver because he's the only other person that knew the plays. <laughs> um, so that's just showing where the Eagles are at. MVP is going to be Boston Scott as he pulled off some really important runs in the, the second half to get us that win. And now we're drawn with the Cowboys. Where he, Joe, next game. Yep, so I've got the NFC North matchup here, the Lions going to the Vikings. The Vikings winning this 20-7. to uh, It was a comfortable win in the end for the Vikings, really. Uh, Blau, playing in the second game, sort of struggled, uh, only getting 205 yards, threw one touchdown and threw two interceptions. Uh, Dalvin Cook played, even though he had a suspected injury. He actually had 18 carries as well, so it wasn't as if they sort of minimalised how much they wanted him to to do. He played quite a lot of snaps. A really cool moment in this game was when uh, Stefan Diggs made a sideline catch, a bit of a toe-dragger uh, right at the end. Kirk Cousins scrambling, getting out the pocket and chucking it to him. 
to be honest, apart from that, the Vikings just went ahead and from there sort of slowed the game down and managed it pretty well. Lions really struggled to to get anything going. Uh, not too much really happened after that. MVP for that one is going to be Daniel Hunter. Uh, he got three sacks on Blau. Blau. I love his name. Tim. Hey, I'm going to do the Dolphins-Jets. So Dolphins 21, Jets 22. Sam Fekin kicked a game-winning... I like saying Fekin. Kicked a game-winning 44-yard field goal after the unicorn of a challenge pass interference call overturned. Uh, Brian Flores wasn't very happy of it, obviously. He went mental at the refs about the call. Um, but I really enjoy watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play. He's just having fun. Doesn't really care anymore. He just plays without pressure. Um, he was actually the Dolphins' leading rusher. He had seven rushes for 65 yards, which tells you a lot about the Dolphins. A uh, guy called Isaiah Ford, I've never heard of. He was a seventh-round pick in 2017. He had a good game, six for 92. Um, Jets were the better team, but they just couldn't pull away from the Dolphins. Uh, one of the few interesting things about this game, Dolphins kick uh, Jason Sanders. He's the MVP, kicked seven field goals. Uh, so that's all the Dolphins' points. They actually missed one, which would have tied the record for the most field goals in one game. Um, Levy and Bell, he looks like he's done in New York. He went bowling instead of playing in the game, pulled a sickie. So that's that's that game done. Yeah, I think it was 11 field goal attempts in total in that game, wasn't it? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It tells you all about the game, really. <laughs> Okay, Craig, what was your final non-game of the week? Okay, so I was torn for which one I'd pick as my game of the week, but for this one, I'm going to get into Titans at Raiders. Tim's Raiders. Um, Titans travel to the black hole to take on the Raiders and taking the, I think it's four straight wins now. Um, winning this one 42-21 to in a game that started with an early interception from Tannehill. Um, it was tipped by, I think it was Dion Jordan and picked up by the D-tackle, Maurice Hunt. Um, always nice to see a big man get an interception and run it back. He was brought down by it. It was an excellent tackle by Tannehill. We were talking about this just, just before me and Tim. Um, excellent tackle to bring him down and then Washington uh, punched in for nearly touchdown. Um, Tannehill, I mean, he, he just he got better from then on. He had, an, um, he had quite an impressive game, 21 for 27, 391 yards, three touchdowns and and that one interception from the tip ball. Um, the, the, I mean, the Raiders hung in there. Like, you know, it was even at the half. It was 21 all, but then second half, they just couldn't stop them. You know, they were missing Jacobs, but Washington did look good. You know, he went, he had 20 touches, 96 yards and one touchdown. But um, Henry, I mean, just how do you stop him? Like, the, the man's a machine. You know, he's not even like he's he's running around the outside. He literally just punches it up the middle and it's like trying to tackle it. He tackle. You know, he's a, he's a big guy, isn't he? Um, it was a, like I said, it was a slow, it was a slow starting game. Um, Raiders, it was a must win for them, in my opinion. I think they're, even though they're at six and seven now and the Titans have gone to eight and five, I think the Raiders, are, are, it was a must win game for them and they're slipping out of the running. Um, it was a lot of offence from the Titans. The Titans are looking unstoppable at the moment. 526 yards of total offence in the end. You know, they're looking like a real powerhouse and they're really starting to shake things up in that playoff race. And even though they're tying, I think them and the Texans are both on eight wins now. Um, the Texans have the tie break. 
But I think at the moment, it's looking like the Titans might might beat them to it, and they're the more consistent team at the moment. Yeah, the AFC South is an interesting one to watch. Because they've got to play twice, haven't they? Uh, against each other, Texans. Now they, have they not played yet? Ooh. Nah, you no, know, they have. They've, they've, they've played once, the Texans. Um, the Texans took the first one. You sure? I, I could have sworn they've got to play this week and then and two, and then on week 17. You shouldn't swear, Joe. You'll be on the naughty list. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I remember it's near that time of the year. <laughs> right. On to the exciting ones, the games of the weeks. I'll start off, and I think I had the easily the best NFC matchup. Um, 49ers at Saints, what could be uh, a future NFC championship game easily, easily considerable. Uh, first of all, this was an act of scoragami. For those who don't know, for our listeners who don't watch too much football or just getting into it, scoragami is where there is a score that has never happened before. Uh, typically, you only see with the higher scoring games now as most of them have been done. But, yep, 48 points for the 49ers uh, at the Saints, who scored 46. So this was just a really, really good game. Uh, battle of the NFC Colossuses, I think that's the word. Uh, Breeze and Jimmy G both threw for 349 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray and Raheem Moster, who were the lead rushers, both rushed for 69 yards. Uh, the similarity stops there. Michael Thomas had 134 yards and Emmanuel Sanders had 157. Uh, both had a touchdown, but Emmanuel Sanders really stood out in this game. He was everywhere. Uh, he threw for a lovely touchdown as well on a cheeky trick play. Uh, and this game, as you can see by the scoreline, really did come down to the wire. Came down to uh, a fifth, I think it was 59 second drive. Uh, for the 49ers. Uh, Sean Payton and Carl Shanahan, two kind of huge um, offensive coordinators, uh, offensive coaches in the league, uh, both really good um, on the defensive side as well, and neither took their foot off the pedal. Uh, the person, I think the game really came down to the personnel. Uh, Jared Cook had a almost a career first half, uh, but then went out, whereas George Kittle... Uh, did not go out and he kept playing and it was him in fact who made the game winning play as he uh, got a pass and rumbled down the field uh, to allow the 49ers and Robbie Gould to get that game clinching field goal and honestly it was like w- watch that game because it was fantastic uh, and we're going to make Raheem Mostert the, the MVP even though he got 69 yards is his runs were the big ones that uh, if they were they were getting the first downs, they were the big gashing runs that make the defense tired. Yeah, that was a great game. Like the, 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 that Kittle play at the end of the game, it was it, it made me laugh. It was not only one of the most blatant face cages I've ever seen, but like I did you see the three of them trying to tackle him? Like it looked like three kids trying to take down a grown man. Like <laughs> he's, he's such a big man, and they were literally just piggybacking him and hanging off him. And I think the first, I can't don't know who it was. He was the first guy in who had hold of him by the face cage. But I mean, it didn't even slow him down. Like didn't even bat an eyelid. It was just Kill decided he wasn't going to be stopped, and he was just going to rumble. Yeah, because it was all People are starting to think of Kittle as one of the best Titans ever already, and he's only in his second or third season. He's got the potential, definitely. Definitely. 
Yeah, he's definitely a big physical presence for him, and he's such a like his yards after the catch. I was about to say it's his yards yeah. after the catch, man. He he gets that ball. So he's, hard to bring down. He just rumbles down the field. Right, Joe, let's have your game of the week. Yeah, so a uh, bit bit of a disappointing one here from my from my stance. I had the Chiefs going to Foxborough and playing the Patriots. Uh, Chiefs ended up winning up this one, twenty three to sixteen. The Pats, uh, we got off to a good start actually. Uh, but it didn't last long. The Chiefs sort of took over from there. I remember actually sending a, a message to our group chat saying offense is back as soon as we scored a touchdown in the first quarter. It was a trick play, and that seems to be the only thing we can do at the moment. Uh, it's Trick play is the only way we're really going to score much or gain big yardage. Just doing conventional sort of plays isn't working for us at the moment. Uh, Folk had a field goal block Again, he's been missing them. He's been getting them blocked. And this is a kicking situation that the Patriots we really need to sort out. When you look at all the big teams, when you know, you've know you got the Baltimore Ravens, they've got Tucker. He always puts it away. The Chiefs have got Butker. He always puts it away. Having a, a good, good, reliable kick is so important. And it's just let us down so much this season since Gotskowski got injured, even if he probably wasn't going through the best phase of his career. There was quite a cool play from the Chiefs where Kelsey was set up in the quarterback position. Ball was snapped straight to him and he just ran in. Made it look very, very easy. Uh, and the Chiefs were 20-3 to three up at half-time. Uh, second half was a little bit different. Uh, James White actually threw a ball, which, to be honest, is a rarity. It means now we've got Brady, Sanu, Edelman and White that can chuck a ball. So you don't know who's going to be throwing it when it comes to playoff time. Uh, Chiefs defense was excellent. Uh, they basically had two modes. They either completely blitzed Brady hard and that really got to him, or they just doubled up on Edelman and it just seemed to work really well. Brady only had 169 yards all, all game, one touchdown and one interception. The Pat special team as well uh, blocked a punt, which ended up leading to a bowling touchdown a few plays later. The big thing with this game is the refs. And I know people say the Pats have had the best part of the refs for the last 20 years or so, but the refs were an absolute joke this game. Uh, they blew the play dead after Kelsey fumbled. Uh, Gilmore literally picked up the ball after the fumble, was going to run into the house, but they decided to blow the play dead. They actually claimed it was incomplete or that he was down even. But no, it was a fumble and they denied Gilmore from getting the six points. Just after that, and Kill Harry was denied a perfectly good touchdown. They claimed he stepped out of bounds, and I'm not even being funny watching it from the camera, let alone being an official on the sideline. I could see that that was not even close to being out of bounds, and we couldn't challenge it because we'd we'd already done two uh, challenges. We'd won one and lost one, and I, I don't get that rule. The fact that you have to win two to get an extra one, I don't know why they just don't keep it rules like it is in cricket, where if you get two. Uh, two challenges if you lose if you lose it you lose one if you win it you retain it you just keep it It, that sort of system should come in but they should have just given a touchdown anyway it's a scoring play review it then Uh, and there was a clear pass interference on the set where he just mate he hugged him and brought him to the ground and they just didn't give it anyway positives Tom Brady made a nice little run on fourth and sixth I haven't seen him that pumped up for a while 
And right at the end, uh, going for the touchdown of fourth, a great defensive play by the uh, Chiefs cornerback uh, to secure the win. MVP for that one is the whole Chiefs defence. I thought they were excellent and, to be honest, probably deserved the win. Yeah, that um, that out-of-bounds call was shocking. I saw that. Weren't even close. Was It really wasn't. There was actually like so much grass between the foot and the line. It yeah, was it, wasn't, it wasn't even obviously any clear and obvious, and it just just was <laughs> it was yeah, clear and obvious. Exactly. All right, Tim, what was your game of the week? My game of the week was Ravens Bills because the rest of my games are so god awful. I'll call this one game of the week. Twenty four seventeen to the Ravens. Uh, even playing a subpar game, Lamar Jackson still managed to throw for three touchdowns. Uh, apparently, he's now carrying an injury into week fifteen, and there's talk of resting him. That will destroy a lot of people's fantasy teams if they do rest him. Um, Bills D was really impressive. Played really well. Contained Lamar and kept the game close. Uh, Singletree, the running back, he looked pretty good. He carried 17 times at 89 yards. Um, Josh Allen is very inconsistent. He's really inaccurate. He hits total complete 17 power of 39 passes. That's 43%. Throughout the game, he was just sailing balls over receivers, um, which could have been huge plays. So the Ravens clinched a playoff berth. Uh, they're 11-2. Bills still sit in at the five seed. They're nine and four. Now Lamar Jackson only needs twenty-three yards to pass Mike Vick's quarterback quarterback rushing record. I think I think this game really showed just how legit that Bills defense is. Yeah. Like considering how many points that offense has been putting up, and like the kind of numbers that offense has been putting up on teams for them to to hold them like they did. Um, and control the game and control especially that running game as much as they did you know credit to them like really impressed yeah well Craig you'll know this better than me what other teams have only lost to the Ravens by a touchdown uh, off the top of my head because um... I can't I, the, the, there will be but I can't think of any but like it just shows that the the, the bills are keeping up even though people people are starting to notice but Josh Allen's good. Bill's defense with, is top 10 easily. I think with Josh Allen, he's good now. He would be very good if he could complete some of those longer passes. Oh, there's you know, so many ones that were just a foot out of the receiver's hands. Yeah, yeah. And it was also, it was one-on-one passes. So if the receiver had caught it, they were looking like they're pretty yeah, much... If, if, if he touchdowns. was 50-50 for those deep balls, they would have won the game. But yeah. That that's what everyone says. He's he's got that cannon for an arm, but he's just not accurate on it. Yeah, I think the only other team that's kept us that close has been the Niners, which and I think with that defense, yeah, we think with that, that defense, it says a lot on it. Like. Okay, good stuff. Really, really good week of football. I thought though. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a long touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, Craig, uh, you also had the Seahawks at the Rams, didn't you? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I had the big NFC West matchup on a, on Sunday night. Um, the ten and three Seahawks taking on the eight and five Rams. It was a big must win game for the Rams, and um, they did win it. They took this one twenty eight to twelve in LA, uh, which I think surprised us all. I think we all had the Seahawks in this game. Um, so yeah, the Rams have began making the playoff push finally in a very in a very tough division. Um, 
their offense looks a lot better, a lot better than it has done for a while. You know, they look a lot more like the offense of the past couple of years. Gailey looked healthy, you know, and he had he had a very good game, twenty seven touches, hundred and thirteen yards, and a touchdown, and he was making a lot of lot of tough runs in this game. Um, Goff. You know, credit to him. You know, he's been getting a lot of flack and he had back-to-back interceptions in this game, both of them from Quante Diggs. He was my MVP in this game. He was superb. The first interception as well, he ran back for, for the pick six. And, you know, credit to Goff. He didn't he didn't lose his cool. He kept his focus and managed to keep mar- marching them down the field and take the lead in this one. Um, the Rams' defence, though, they, they look really good. Like, they were, they were pressuring Wilson really well. The... the Seahawks line just doesn't seem to, you know, when it comes to pass protection, they just seem to be really struggling at the moment. Um, Aaron Donald as well looks like he's finally woke up from his, his slumber. He got one and a half sacks in this game. He's looks like his MVP, his defensive MVP claim seems to be um, taking a bit of a resurgence there. Um, yeah, so it was a must-win game for the Rams. They're keeping the playoff hunt. Seahawks ten and three. They're still sitting in second place at the moment. Um, it was a good, good, exciting game. The Rams are such a random team. Well, the, their offense is a lot healthier now. Like I, I mentioned it last week, they've got you've got Cooks, you've got um, Higby. Higby had a big game as well. You've got Woods back. You've got you know there's so many now. He's got all of his weapons back. I think it's really it really improves Goff's game, and it really it makes them a lot tougher to defend because there's so many quality viable options that they've got there um, Chris Carson I mean it, it didn't help that Penny went out early in this game for the Seahawks either I mean Chris Carson you know he still had a good game 18 touches for 91 yards and but it's you know it, it's a shame with Penny going out so early for them this game just had so many consequences for the NFC uh, playoff race because that NFC uh, NFC West is I'd hate to be in that division right now just because of I mean I, I mean the, the Eagles are in the reverse of it where everyone's just trying to suck the most but the NFC West is just the reverse where everyone's doing so well that it's just a bit of a nightmare for them all I think the Rams are going to be like a real real team to watch now for the last three weeks I hope so they're playing they're, the Cowboys exactly. yeah, very, the whole conference itself is pretty all over the place and pretty competitive and I think at the moment when it comes to I think the first the first wild card spot I think is looking like the Vikings at the moment. No, the Seahawks and the Vikings I think it is at the moment. Seahawks are on ten wins. Moment. Vikings are on nine. In the NFC at the moment, Green Bay have got the number two seed. I don't think they're the second best team in the NFC. No, not so. Not no. so. What I would say is the Packers always play up to big games, though. They keep finding a way to win, though, and that's what makes the difference. Like whether it's relying on an offense or the defense or even winning or leaving an ugly win is still a win. They still seem to keep finding a way to win at the moment. And, you know, the, the, even though they've not looked as impressive as the record shows, like, so how, you know, it's how the Packers. Packers have two or three? Three. Um, one of those was the Mighty Eagles. <laughs> but you've got, um, you've got the Seahawks currently just behind the Niners on 10 wins and you've got the Vikings just behind the Packers on nine. But it's so it just looks like if, if you were to line up the Rams, the Seahawks and the 49ers, obviously I think the 49ers stand a little bit above them. But the, I think the, the Seahawks and the Rams are just so equal right now. 
Yeah, I mean, even the Bears, the Bears are looking like they're making a bit of a push at the moment. Yeah. They've looked quite impressive the last few weeks. It's just that, um, that NFC East division that's letting the side down a bit. I mean, they play the Lions and the Cowboys, who are teams that have just dropped. <laughs> anyway, I digress. On to the injury list. Um, a lot of the, the injuries are either becoming big or they're becoming pointless because teams are either out of the playoffs or fighting for it. Uh, so, a lot of lot of Eagles injuries. As I mentioned, we have we had one active receiver by the end of the game. Uh, but I know the big one there was Alshon Jeffries out for the season with a foot injury, and our right tackle Lane Johnson's currently in limbo. When he goes out, we suck. Uh, Rashad Penny, as you mentioned, for the Seahawks is out. Uh, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders was out. Uh, I believe he's just had his MRI though, and it came back pretty positive. Yeah, uh, and he sh- he's expected to play Santa Saturday. Uh, Mike Evans out for the season again, not going to affect the Bucks massively as they're not really in the playoff race. But uh, it's a shame to see such a great player go down. Darius Geis for the Redskins, he is out. He's on injured reserve, I think, out for the season with an MCL strain. Um, Ryan Kerrigan's out on that that D line as well. He's their defensive leader uh, with a, with an ankle issue. Uh, for the Dolphins, Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson out. Devontae Parker looking really good for the Dolphins. Absolutely torched us. Uh, and I think the, the the Dolphins are that kind of team that they just kind of. I think they want to be a homegrown team now, which I appreciate. Foster Moreau's out. Have I missed any out there? No, that Foster Moreau one. Which, I mean, Tim were talking about that before. That was. Oh, that didn't nasty. look good. It was nasty. I mean, I thought Penny's knee looked bad. Like, you couldn't tell with Penny when, until he slowed it down and he showed you the slow-mo. It looked like a bent really awkwardly. But that, the Foster one, like, as soon as he hit that sideline and he did the splits and his legs just... It looks like Stretch Armstrong when you were swinging it around the room when you were a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, his, his legs were just bending in some really unnatural ways and stuff. And I really... I felt it sat there watching it, like... Okay. There's one of those ones where you look at and you went, whose foot's that? Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't bend that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I mentioned before, Jared Cook's out as well, and that's big because he's a great tight end for the Saints. Um, on to our talking points for this week. There's been a couple of them popping up, mainly one with a, the old cheap Bill Belichick. Uh, he's been caught recording, or not him specifically, but an advanced scout, whatever that is, has been recording the Bengals' sideline. Uh, we've got our reporter Joe on the scene. Joe, would you like to divulge a bit into this? It, it's just unbelievable shit housery. <laughs> that's 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 basically what it comes down to. We've we've made a in inverted commas documentary <laughs> as a cover up to film against a one and eleven team that we really have to beat. And yeah, it's it's just a great cover up. I, I honestly think they they are, they probably are making a documentary, but eight minutes on how to win. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to give eight, it to them. They've got some balls, the deflated ones, but they've got some balls. As <laughs> I put it the other day, like um, I I couldn't believe it. Like uh, I just I'm surprised as you are. It's just another day. Isn't it really? I mean, I'm not shocked anymore. I have so little sympathy for the Patriots. It's it, phenomenal. It, but what, what's anyone going to do? It sounds awful, but what are, like, what are the NFL going to do? Like, we've done much worse in the past and we've got away like, with a slap on the wrist. 
like this nothing's probably going to come from this so just an apology and they'll move on you have just to how trade it is. Julian Edelman <laughs> no yeah, well, I mean if, if you look at the statement he put out I mean I read that they were found with what it was around 10 minutes worth of like sideline footage but like it they, they claimed it was an unintended oversight but oh, I mean directly the, recording the sideline yeah, doing signals yeah, so so the they informed the Browns which fair enough okay they informed the Browns they were one of the teams playing that day but then they forget to inform the governing body, which is the NFL. Which is and what they call an unintended yeah. oversight. And then they forget to inform the Bengals, which is their opponent next week, and also the division rival of the team that they informed. You know what I mean? Like, it all just sounds a little bit coincidental. You know found out? Like, was it the Bengals saying, like, why is someone recording our plays? Or was it someone else just kind of found it? I'm not what, sure how it they were was dressed found out. up in they were dressed up in Rainmax. They had glasses on and like trilby hats and they were standing <laughs> there with film cameras. They were like, Oh no, we're spies. Looking like Inspector Gadget. Yeah. I was singing that song before today, actually. <laughs> right. Next next discussion point we've got is someone has written down an always fun topic to talk about. The Cowboys. Yeah, so I, I put this one down because I know I had a bit of a rant about this one on Friday morning after watching the game. The the Cowboys just look like a defeated team at the moment. I mean, like you know, I, I mean, it's no secret I'm not their biggest fan, but I genuinely felt a bit sorry for them. Like the the Bears came out and the Bears played well to give the Bears credit. You know what I mean? But you know, come after like the second half, the you were looking at the Cowboys sideline, they were all sat down, no one was looking at anyone, no one was talking to anyone, no one was trying to hype anyone up or have conversations. Literally, they would come off the field, they would just sit on the bench and they would just stare into space in silence until it was time for them to come back on the field. Like, they just look like a beaten up, defeated, deflated team at the moment and the, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for them. I'm very pleased. <laughs> That's you know, I mean, said. Jason Garrett can stand there and clap all he wants, but clapping your hands isn't going to fix what's going on. <laughs> well, Jerry Jones is... There's a lot has been going around that. Jerry Jones is obviously saying losing is unacceptable. We need to play better. We're a better team than this. But then a lot of people, including like Troy Aikman and um, Pat McAfee, uh, they're saying like Jerry Jerry's just too stubborn. He's not a good GM anymore. He needs to go. So the whole, the whole team just looked completely in shock. And like to be fair to Zeke, Zeke wasn't a problem. He had a pretty he had an all night game considering the circumstances, but that was awful. He, he, he was so bad this game. I think it's pretty telling when Aikman's criticizing Jerry Jones, because yeah. Aikman's part of the furniture there and he's tight with Jerry Jones. When he starts saying it's time for Jerry Jones to step back, you know they've got bigger problems than you can see on the surface. Yeah, I mean, the one guy who looked like he was wound up and looked angry and looked like he wanted something to happen and was trying to kickstart in it and was waiting. But, I mean, everyone else, they, would, they, just, they, it was, they just looked dead behind the eyes and just in complete shock. He was just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> well, you're full of wonderful, wonderful punchlines <laughs> tonight. Bad, these cunts. <laughs> Witten, Witten knows the alternative is going back to TV. And he was rubbish oh, at that. God, I, I, <laughs> that. That honestly, went well for him. I'm watching Monday Night Football. Bugger, no, I like you, Bugger. You oh. are a nice guy to listen to, but you do make some very random comments. 
Yeah, don't even get me started on that again. We, we touched <laughs> on that last hear, week. Did you hear the one? He said something about uh, someone coming inside. Yeah, it was it was Brandon. No, it was Brandon Brooks. He's like, and yeah, he came straight inside Brandon Brooks. Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. no! <laughs> he compared something to an orgy, um, <laughs> and then there was a play where we the. Um, the Giants were faking an RPO, and he's like, no one is going to bite on this RPO. Oh, Our yeah. entire defense bit on the RPO. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking of the Cowboys, uh, dead or alive, the playoff picture. Obviously, we discussed this only a couple of weeks ago, mere, mere weeks ago. But how has it changed? What, is, what has cemented itself more and what has is, what is become more fickle than ever? Okay, so I've got the teams that are still in the hunt and still alive in front of me, and the teams that are out and, have, and the teams that have clinched playoff places still in front of me. So I'll run, I'll run through them if you'd like. So the AFC first. Uh, well, it's, it's a mix of both, to be honest. Um, uh-huh. Okay, so the teams that have clinched playoff spots at the moment. So you're looking at the Ravens, the Saints, and the Chiefs. So congratulations to them. Um, teams that are out of contention at the moment we're looking at the Chargers the Buccaneers the Jets the Jaguars the Panthers the Redskins the Dolphins the Bengals the Giants the Falcons the Cardinals and the Lions Um, teams that are still alive but it's not looking great for them at the moment you're looking at the Bears the Raiders the Colts the Browns and the Broncos and the Eagles good for them as well (laughs) yeah and then for the teams that are still in the hunt at the moment and haven't either cemented a spot or are still in the running for a spot you're looking at the Patriots the Vikings the Niners the Bills the Steelers the Seahawks the Texans the Titans the Cowboys the Packers the Rams and the Eagles this has to be the latest the Patriots have gone without clinching a spot for a long time I was thinking that yeah yesterday. this is this weird yeah so that was a misprint I was looking at a minute ago but yeah if, if the Bills win out they, yeah. they take the seed don't they yeah. Oh God, I so hope the Bills win. I think I think the biggest upset that could potentially be coming is I think the Titans might sneak that spot off the Texans. You know, like the Titans are looking. That. The Titans are looking so good at the moment. Like I've caught some like quite a bit of their games the past few weeks, and they they look like I I think they beat the Pats at the minute. Like I, they are looking like a force to be reckoned with. Well, and I the saw Texans a start, are, and the offense has got the. I think this it was one of those really bizarre ones, like highest efficiency per drive but they're only behind the Ravens and obviously the Ravens are just slaughtering sheep left yeah. right and centre the Texans just... are looking so inconsistent and the Titans you know Hem- I think Henry's like second or third in terms of rushing yards at the moment Henry and is then a big Ta- yeah big and then ball. like Tannehill he's having a I mean he should, he, he should be in contention for comeback player of the year at the moment like the way he's been playing these past few weeks he's been lights out and very impressive I checked like, the schedule. Joe was right. They haven't played each other yet. They play each other in week 15 and week 17. Ooh, so they're going to be huge games. That'd be saucy. Yeah. yeah. Just, I think the Titans offense will absolutely obliterate that Texas defense. Especially the is, this week. The the Dolphins, just to jump back to them, they need a quarterback that's got good... Um, what's the word? Um What's the word? Consistency, that's it. And someone that can make big plays. They should really consider signing Ryan Tannehill. Well, big game coming up on the <laughs> weekend as well for stuff. teams that are still in contention. You're looking at that Steelers-Bills game. Like, you know, you're talking mm. about two of the best defences in the league at the moment and both teams that are still in the running. You know, the fact that the Steelers are still in the running after the start they had, 
you know, fair play to, to Tottenham yeah. there. I mean, no, no one's disagreeing. Tomlin's not a good coach. He kept Antonio Brown quiet for years. Another well, big game. Talk that he used to eat, there, there was a lot of like um, action from him on Instagram, a lot of posts and stuff where he practically begging for his job back, wasn't he? I think he's earned it. Oh, have you seen his social today? Today he's listing pretty much everyone in the NFL who's ever committed a crime and saying <gasps> it's oh, not Mike fair. Tomlin or Antonio Brown? <laughs> Antonio Brown, sorry. Oh, I was confused then. But he's getting pretty nasty. He's like talking about Ben's rape allegations, Big Ben's oh, yeah, rape allegations. Oh, yeah, Ben. Uh, Richie Incognito, he brought him up today as well. I think last week he put up quite a cringy post up where it was a photo of him and Brady and it was like captioned with, oh, I love, I love you, bro, I miss you, bro, and all this. And I thought, like, you're saying all this, but you were in New England for about two weeks. You I was going to say... <laughs> you're putting this photo up like you sort of grew up together and you're like long <laughs> friends, like... Okay. Oh, I wouldn't be against it, though. No, but you mentioned big games there. Week 16... There's basically a playoff spot up for grabs for the Cowboys Eagles game. That's huge. I, I, my 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 colleague at work, who we work quite close together. Shout out to you, Duncan, if you're listening. He decided to choose the Cowboys purely to spite me, uh, and he's like, "Oh, shall I slack him over and watch the Cowboys game on 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 that week?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "You will not come around to my house. You will not watch that game because I will be so stressed out." <laughs> well, at the minute, looking at that AFC playoff picture, I think it's. Ravens first, Pat second. I don't think Chiefs get the second. I think it's at the minute anyway. Chiefs third, Texans fourth, Bills fifth, Steelers sixth. Honestly, honestly, I think Patriots aren't going to take the second seed. Yeah, on the NFC, you're looking at 49ers first, Packers second, Saints third, Cowboys fourth. That's that's a gimme. Um, Seahawks fifth and Vikings sixth at the moment although I think they might lose that spot they're very anti-Vikings no I'm not anti-Vikings I just think I think they I think they might lose that one it's a very competitive conference yeah if the Rams keep playing the the way they played the past couple weeks when is the last time a division had three playoff contenders homework Final talking point we've got is the Odell Beckham Jr. rumours. So Odell's been rumoured to not be happy again with his current playing situation. Uh, Again, none of it. Apparently, he's been talking to when he go up to like a Kyle Shanahan and say like, "Get me" at the beginning of a game. And yeah, I think it's just interesting that he, he seems to be very unhappy wherever he is, or is it just to do with the losing or? Thoughts? Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised to be honest. Yeah, you know, like a, it's a, he's having the worst season of his career at the moment. Yeah, but he's got crap. Co- it's, I mean, it's a transition year with fairly questionable coaching. I think you've got to ask think, the question: What does he want? Does he want to be on a good team, or does he just want gaudy numbers like he was getting in New York, and he doesn't really care about the team? His actions suggest he doesn't really care about the team, and it's more about him. He's a bit disrespectful, I think, as well. Like, yeah. have you seen the video of like Jimmy G going, "Oh, I think I've got, I think I've got space for you," or something like that? And Odell's got his like his hand over his mouth, 
And it's clearly saying, oh, would you fancy I could get a trade to you guys? It's like you're wearing the colours of your team. And it, it, I'm maybe a bit biased because I've literally just bought my brother a, an Odell Beckham Cleveland jersey for Christmas. And I'm worried <laughs> that that might be out of out of use come Christmas Day. But still, like, it's just like you've, you've signed a contract to that team. Just be lo- at least for a season, show your loyalty. Just on that note, I can't. There was a Bears quarterback, uh, Jay Cutler, it was, and he he went to the XFL or the Canadian Football League or something for like four years. And a team that was really needy said to him, "Like, we'll pay you a ridiculous amount of money to come back to the NFL and just play for our team." And because he signed a four-year contract with this Canadian team, he was like, "No, I'm not gonna. I, I signed a contract. I'm not just gonna ditch it." Respect, so respect, that. respect. Jay speaking of, speaking of quarterbacks, um, I see Eli Manning's record where he was. Drawn even has now gone. Yeah, he's now been a 500 record. Yeah, he doesn't have a 500 record anymore. I think he's 116 wins, 117 losses now. And he's like he's like 10 and 24 against the Eagles. It makes me happy. But he beat Brady twice. <laughs> did, did you see Lamar Jackson coming out all in white this week? I thought oh, yeah. that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. After the, the comments about his, that, yeah. his dark skin and dark ball and all that, he come out That's... like white sleeves, white gloves, white white jersey. The man, he managed to say that <laughs> and get away with that. But a lot, I, do fair, I, I read into that, and apparently it wasn't as hostile as it seems. Obviously, it does oh, sound okay. terrible, but it, it was made more. I mean, yeah, apparently it wasn't just very viciously racist. But Good. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> um, question time. Whose questions are these? Yeah, so I got two questions in this week from uh, from Neil Penrose. So I'll start with the first one. Um, it's something that I've thought about quite a bit throughout the course of the season. I'll be interested to see what you guys think. Um, is Lamar Jackson just another RG3 slash Vince Young or will he be an all-time great? I'm inclined to say yes. I, th- I think RG3 is a good comparison because he is just game changing but with his style of play one in I mean that's with any position but with it especially with his style of play one it and he's bad it and he could be not the same I think what's worked well with Lamar Jackson is they've really changed that offense to suit him and they've worked around him but it's not just him so they're not 100% relying on him or he's the focal point of the offense whereas I think with the other two they were hoping that they would do wonders on every single play. You know, there's other people, there's other talent on the team other than Lamar. You always said, Craig, though, that the entire Ravens are based around just Lamar, though. Yeah, they are. They, they completely just, like, you know, they came out and said themselves, they've not just drafted them and plugged them in. They've drafted them and then built the offense to suit his skill set, which has worked really well. And, like, you know, especially the comparison with RG3. I know I mentioned it in one of the earlier shows. Like, it it really is a genuine concern of mine. But I think the difference between RG3 and Lamar is the Ravens themselves, as you know, as a, as a group of coaches and the owners and everything else, is I think they handle it and manage them a lot oh, better, much better than, than the Redskins do. Like, I, every time I see RG3 hit the field, I pity him, I feel for him because he looked so good, you know. It, at, you know, to begin with until his injury and rather than just benching him and 
just letting him heal up properly and giving him the time he needed. You know, he went on with that really heavy leg brace and then he completely just destroyed his, his knee and his career, you know, for somebody who had such an upside and so much potential. Um, you know, I really feel for him. And, you know, I think with the Ravens, I think if anything like that was to crop up or any injuries or anything like that, I think they'd be a lot more sensible about it rather than just throwing him straight back out there like, you know, like, like what happened to RG3. Okay, next question. Um, so the second question was, has the Patriots' dominance of the AFC made it a less competitive division in the NFC? Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, especially this year, because obviously the, the Patriots look to be regressing slightly, it's not as apparent, but look at the past, like, Except for last year, where the, everyone was like, "Can the Chiefs, can the Chiefs stop it?" and they couldn't. Like they, they have just had such a long streak of dominance that when he gets to the playoffs, that's when they take fire, and then they just obviously when Peyton Manning was in the picture, he was the kind of anti Brady. But yeah, I, I believe that the past couple of years have it has been less competitive. I, 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 I. I, I agree, but I also disagree with the fact that I wouldn't say it's been dominance. I think it's been more like consistency. We've always had teams that have been just as good as us in the fact that, you know, we've had obviously the Chiefs last year. They're, they're still there. We had the Broncos, obviously, when Peyton went there. We had the Colts when Peyton was there. Like the Steelers as well have always been up there, thereabouts. But I think we've always been consistently around that level and taking our chances when need be. I, I don't know if it's pure dominance because it's not been like you start in September, you're right, the Pats are definitely going to the Super Bowl. It's just yeah, one of those. I, I think the AFC's always had the problem that it's been top heavy. There's always just been Steelers two or three teams there, yeah, like there. the Steelers and the Pats. So, yes, the Patriots have been pretty dominant, but they have had competition with those three teams. It's just the rest of the AFC, and especially their division, has been particularly weak. See, I, I, I think yeah. it's, I think the reason why the Patriots have been so dominant is because the other three divisions in the AFC have been so competitive. Is you know, other than maybe exception of the Colts when Manning was there and was still in his prime, maybe when the Steelers had their little run. Like, the, you know, you look at them divisions, like the Ravers, the Steelers, you know, and the Bengals for a little while, like that division, the AFC North used to, it was, they were tearing each other apart. And then, you know, it's the same with the AFC South, you know, and it was the same with, with like, so the Chiefs and, you know, with the Broncos and the Raiders, you know, you find that they tend to split a lot of games and where there's like, when you look at the AFC East, you know, the historically the Jets have been bad, the Dolphins have been bad, and for a, a while the Bills were quite bad for a while, so it was gimme wins. So that extra two, three-game lead that they would then take to take the fair seed because their division was so uncompetitive compared to other divisions where, you know, teams are really fighting and scratching and clawing and giving up games to other divisional games is what's led to that dominance. So, you know, in terms of it being less competitive, I'd, I'd, to an extent, I'd disagree. I'd just I'd say it was more the AFC East being so uncompetitive that's made the difference in terms of the Patriots being more dominant. I'd agree with that the AFC North is a fantastically competitive division. 
<laughs> Historically, yeah. Like, I think up this season, not so much. But Side note, this is the first year in NFL history the Browns have beaten every single one of their um, conference buddies at least once. Blimey, that's, a, that's one hell of a record. Considering the Browns are one of the older teams. Yeah. Right. On to... Unless, have you got any other questions? Anyone going to sneak one in? Guess not. On to predictions. <laughs> right. Let's have an update from last week's predictions. Who wants to give out the scores? I will give out the scores. Uh, so, last week on the predictions, Adam got 15 points, Craig got 13, Joe got 12, and I got 12 as well. So... What that means for the overall picture is Adam surged out to a lead, 137. Joe's on 128. And me and Craig are on 126 with all to play for. I did well in the early rounds, but I didn't call any of the final three games. And I think you, is it you and Craig got your bold predictions right? Yeah. That is correct, yeah. So I got Mitch Trubisky thrown for three touchdowns and Craig got Dolphins and the Jets scoring more than the Chiefs and the Patriots. And I was three points off getting my bowl prediction right. I said the Titans would score more than 45. They got, what, 42. And wasn't Joe very close to his as well? Yeah, I got half fit right. Josh <laughs> Allen to out-throw and out-run Lamar Jackson. We got are the so good. Throw. And like I said, if, if half of his th- passes had landed, you would have beaten him. Yep. Ah, fate is fickle. Okay, let's move straight in to this week's predictions. First game there is Jets at Ravens. I've got the Ravens by 14. Uh, I've got the Ravens by 22. I've got the Ravens by 20. And I've got the Ravens by 21. If it lands around that 20 bracket, we're going to be having some fun. Right, Jags at Raiders. In the last ever game at the Oakland Coliseum, I've got the Raiders by three. Um, I've got the Raiders by four. I've got the Raiders by 13. And I've got the Raiders by seven. Big, big cheating game here. Patriots at Bengals. The Cheetahs by 10. Um, I think the, the home video will make all the difference, and I think the path will take this one by 10. Amateur video crew by nine. The New England Patriots by 12. <laughs> <laughs> this is a close one, I think. Bucks at Lions. Yeah, I've got the Bucks taking it by six. Uh, I've got the Bucks by 14. Mm, Bucks by three. Bucks by nine. Bears at Packers, the most famous rivalry in football. Yeah, the Packers by 10. Um, I've gone Packers by four. Sounded indecisive there, Craig. Yeah. I, Do you want some time I'm, to think about that whilst you go against your girlfriend? No, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to side with the Packers on this one. <laughs> Although last week you got me to switch to the Giants. Some good it did me, Adam. Some good it did me. Tactics, my friend. Packers by 13. I'm back in the Bears by two. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Bears did take that one, but I think... I don't think uh, at Lambeau. 
Yeah, I think Packers at Lambeau and the Packers, even though they've been in winning ugly, have been finding ways to win. You watch, you watch. Okay, we will. Right, on to the game we've been discussing, Texans at Titans. I've got the Texans by six. I've got Titans by four. I've got Titans by six. Uh, And I've got the Titans by four. (laughs) Have you changed yours from Titans to Texans, Tim? Did I say the Texans? You did say the Texans. Oh, I meant Titans, sorry. We're going to take the Texans, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're we're all Titans there. Broncos at Chiefs. Chiefs by eight. Chiefs by seven. Chiefs by 12. Chiefs by six. Floating around the same scores there. Dolphins at Giants. Dolphins by three. Uh, I've got Dolphins by six. They've got Dolphins by two. I've got Dolphins by ten. I would have cannot believe we, we have a Dolphins clean sweep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, Jones is looking like he's going to be out, isn't he? He I don't. Eli Manning's good. Just saying. Fitzmagic, though. Oh, yeah. Fitzmagic's the superior. Oh, Parker might be out, though, mightn't he? That's a big loss for that offense. You know, it's a big loss for the Giants, being the Giants. Yeah. I'm still going to stick with the Dolphins. Okay. Defensive matchup here. The Buffalo Bills at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe in the Bills. Bills by three. But I don't believe in that much, clearly. By three. <laughs> I believe 100% more than Tim with Bills by six. I've gone Bills by five. Uh, and I've gone Steelers by six. Two lone dog in it. I mean, Steelers have got one of the best defences in the league at the moment, like, but then so have the Bills. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eagles at the Redskins. Have some faith, Adam. It's just the Redskins. Eagles by seven. Uh, I've gone Redskins by six. Um, Craig, we both went for Giants by six. We're both going to go for the Skins by six. And then (laughs) I win either way. (laughs) I've got Eagles by six. I've got a bit of faith. At least someone does. Seahawks at Panthers. Seahawks by 14. I've gone Seahawks by 12. I too have gone Seahawks by 14. And I've gone Seahawks by 10. Browns at Cardinals, the 2018 first overall pick against the 2019 first overall pick. Or 18. Bruins by three. Um, I've gone for the Browns by seven. I assume I've gone for the Bruins by 10. <laughs> I've just got the Browns by 7. Ooh, Rams at Cowboys. No one likes the Cowboys. Rams by 7. Uh, I've gone Rams by 18. <laughs> Rams by 10. <laughs> uh, Rams by 6. Okay, good. Falcons at 49ers. 49ers are really good. 49ers by 14. I've gone 49ers by 18. I've gone 49ers by 21. And I've gone 49ers by 20. Vikings at the Shahars. Vikings by 10. Uh, I've also gone Vikings by 10. 
Vikings by 17. Vikings by 12. Okay. And finally, we have the Colts at the New Orleans Saints, who played a lot of home games recently. Saints by 14. Um, I've gone Saints by 10. Saints by 17. And Saints by 10. We agreed on a lot of them. Oh, you have a feeling there's going to be a clean sweep. You think you're going to get every single one? No, not me. Definitely not me. You think someone's going to get every single one right? I just have a feeling, yeah, because there's so many games which are almost... Tell you what, though, there's going to be a big upset and it'll be one of these three games. Falcons are 49ers, uh, the Seahawks are Panthers and something else. But one of those two games will be an upset, I guarantee it. Or the Colts Saints. Guarantee it. You heard it here first, Adam News. <laughs> I don't right. know. If, I mean, would you consider the Bears beating the Packers an upset? Considering three of us said the Packers, no. Actually, no. What am I saying? Of course, then, yeah, it would be an upset. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd love for the Bengals to come out and beat the Patriots. Now, that would be an upset. I'd, I'd pay. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd, I'd, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's have a bit of respect here. I'll wear my AJ Green t-shirt and I'll watch it. Right. Sam Darnold's going to come out and just rain bombs on us. I mean, if the Jets beat the Ravens at home. <laughs> what is life? <laughs> Mark Jackson gets relegated from the MVP conversation. Yeah. Okay. On to our bold predictions, which are all getting a lot better, I must say. As we probably get less bold. <laughs> Tim? I think Lamar Jackson will not have the most passing yards in the Jets game. Somebody else will. Well, so be that either Sam Darnold or Lamar's backup. Rug three. Might. Yeah, I think you might get pulled. I thought he was going to get pulled. That's why I didn't put the score too yeah. high. Uh, Craig? Yeah, so I've got the Rams to get at least four sacks and an interception against okay. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I've got two games going to overtime. And <laughs> I have got the defence scoring more than the offence in the Steelers-Bills game. Okay. Four, four ball predictions there. Let us know which ones you think are going to be coming true. Of course, there's no teams on buys anymore. Uh, Joe, we're going to have to take our bye week from the predictions soon. We so are. Uh, that could really yeah. ups, upset the standings. So it's going to be one of us taking next week off and the That's next right. one taking the week after off. I'll take week decided, 16 if you want. I was going to say, have you <laughs> decided which one you're taking yet between yourselves? I'll take 16 if you want. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll probably be I'll be in like last place going into week seventeen, taking my body, but I'm happy to do that. No, that's fine. Okay, then we've got that agreed. <laughs> I'm looking at the the predictions table for next week. Who wrote this table out? Because they put old Browns at new Browns. <laughs> at Browns at Colts. <laughs> Browns at Ravens. Browns at Colts. <laughs> It'd be Browns at Ravens, wouldn't it? We're technically the the old Browns. By the time I got to week 16, I was so bored of putting all these in. I was like, just trying to amuse myself. And the yeah, Rams are playing put... twice. Yeah, and so are the Patriots, oh, yeah. apparently. They're playing the Bills and the Rams. And the Rams, oh, yeah. playing right. the, Patri- oh, the Rams are playing the Patriots and the 49ers. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, 
That's not bad going if I got all the other right weeks right, so I'll have a look at that later. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fun mascot fights there as well. A dolphin via Bengal would be fun. A Texan against a buccaneer. I'm going to take the pirate. A Bengal yeah, against a, a, a Satan, a Titan. That'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. You've got a horse and a pirate as well. And a lion and a, and a horse. And a man a called si- Bill. A seal could kick a cardinal's ass. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Cardinals are little garden yeah, birds. Little, yeah. We've got cheese packers versus Scandinavian raiders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, we, 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 we are on the internet. We have social media. Would you like them to let us know how we can find it, Joe? Yep, so if you look up for us on Twitter and Instagram, you'll find us at T-A-F-S underscore UK. And for Facebook, you just type in that American Football Show and you sh- we should pop up there. You'll see us with our little little blue American Football logo there. And give us a follow, give us a like, whatever. And yeah, we'll try to keep you interactive, especially on our Twitter and Instagram. We also have a new way to download, don't we, Joe? We do, we do. Uh, as of <laughs> last week, we partnered with a company called Shed Media Podcasts. Go and have a listen to them. You'll see us on there. Uh, they do very many other various different podcasts. Good guys, they're branching out and have got quite a few quite a few good shows on there. I've listened to a few and, yeah, they only pick good ones, hence why we're on there. So give them a listen, give them a look out and follow their socials as well. Now, could you tell us that while not pinching your nose? <laughs> no. I'm only playing me. right so yeah that, that's us for the day uh, like Joe said don't forget to ask us questions leave us feedback tell us how to get better send us money you know just the usual things um, Pro Bowl don't forget to vote for the Pro Bowl Lamar Jackson is still leading the votes uh, for the MVP so no surprise there really uh, Don't forget that... to actually vote in the election tomorrow if you're listening tomorrow. Yeah, yeah that is too. Yeah, please. Yeah, we, we, like, just vote. Don't yeah. don't waste it by not voting. Whatever whatever your loyalties lie, just vote. Exactly. Wants the Raving Looney Party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you all for listening to us. Hope you've enjoyed this cold Wednesday night listening to our flu-filled voices. And oh, right, just before we go, just before we finish. Damn it, Craig. Oh, sorry, mate. I want to give a shout out to the Fury on the weekend, beating the um, who did we beat? I've forgotten already. <laughs> beating, <laughs> beating, <laughs> that wasn't even a diss, I just genuinely forgot. Beating the Uclan Rams, Terry wants a nil. I want to give a shout out to my D line lads. I want to give a shout out to Neil Penrose getting a as as um First touchdown, a special teams coordinator, and a shout out to one of my guys, Moses Bander. Yeah, uh, Mo. From my, yeah, from my D line group, who's the guy who uh, recovered it on a, a block punt and took it in for a, a touchdown. Congratulations. I don't want to brag, but I've danced with Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's us. That's all of us from Taft's, the American Football Show. Taft Football Show. Yep, enjoy, baby. enjoy your weekend. <laughs>
Welcome to the other car. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. We'll go. Bleep, bloopers yeah. out of the way. Go, go when you want to go, mate. Um, welcome. We. To- oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Right. <laughs>